Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. I am extremely caffeinated because <laughs> I got up this morning at my usual like 5.45 to 6 a.m. time and um, immediately saw that the Sandman had dropped its long-rumored bonus episode. And I hit the coffee pot so hard so I could sit down and watch it and, and we'll uh, have a recap up later today. Yes. <gasps> it was a nice surprise. Yeah. It was, Well, I mean, like I said, it had been rumored since, uh, of all people, Trixie and Katya accident. I don't think it was accidentally, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I think this was all part of a marketing plan on Netflix's part, but I can't remember the name of their show. I like to watch. Or I like to watch. That's yeah. right. Where they sit and they recap. And um, it's funny. It's, it's actually funny. like everything yeah. they do. It's funny. Uh, if you watched uh, uh, Uncoupled, you know, on netflix go watch their their version of it oh i'm sure hilarious it's really 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 funny so they did a they were doing the sandman this was a week or two ago and and uh people noticed that they were recapping two stories that never crazy never appeared in the season and the funny thing is back when when um before the season aired and i was putting the recaps together based on the screeners that i had watched I went to IMDb to get the names of all the actors and everything, and I noticed that someone had been cast as Calliope. But I had already seen all 10 episodes, and I was like, huh, I wonder if they shot it and they're pushing it to you mm-hmm. know, season two or whatever. I wish I had made more of an issue of it at the time. Um, and that's all I thought about. Because I was like, oh, okay, they, they already cast Calliope, but they hadn't, you know, there's no story there. Um, ah, interesting. Yeah. Now, now I see what so you're I noticed yeah. that a while back, huh. but I, it never occurred to me. And then Trixie and Katya, uh, they they accident. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think this was an accident because first off, Netflix isn't stupid. Right. Uh, they don't accidentally release footage like that. Um, because it turns out not only is it a bonus episode, but it was like a star-studded bonus episode. Yeah. Did you know it was yeah, Sandra yeah. O yeah, and, I, and yeah. David Tennant uh-huh. and, and Michael Sheen and Derek Jacobi? I went back and I, I checked everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, they got all of these big names. Like most of them were doing voice acting because the first fifteen minutes is animated. Um, but uh, well, we'll have a recap up later today. I'm yes. not going to get caught in the weeds no, of that but because it was nice. you it know was, me and the same. I know, but it was nice that there were very different episodes or, or half and half yeah. uh, of an yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. and there were different stories. And that's I think that's what I like about Sin Men in general uh, is that is is that there's something for anyone. And I said that before, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Who's who's building something? I don't know. One of our cats. I don't know if you can pick it up. I but know. We keep saying we hear things, and then you guys don't hear it. And you we sound like idiots. We sound like idiots. <laughs> but I anyway, know. someone so is one of our cats on is something. hammering away at something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, we'll have a recap of that later. But this for this podcast, we're going to do a little bit of TV talk and a little bit of celebrity talk. Um, I'll go first with She-Hulk. How about that? Fine. Um, we each had show, uh, She-Hulk, um, the first episode dropped yesterday, I believe, starring Tatiana Maslany as, uh, the cousin of Bruce Banner, the Hulk who was mm-hmm. played by Mark Ruffalo. Um, and Disney released four episodes to critics last week or yeah, last week. And in typical Disney manner, they release all four episodes and you have 48 hours to watch oh, no, them and then they yeah. go away. You have no life. You're so just, you're just there sitting waiting. <laughs> So I, I watched the first four episodes, but honestly, it was a week ago, and <laughs> I I wish, nah, I knew I wasn't doing a recap. I knew we weren't, it just wasn't, I, I'll say this, I think with the exception of WandaVision, 
most uh, of the uh, D- Disney Mar- Marvel TV stuff for Disney Plus mm-hmm. has been, um, in my opinion, uh, generic and forgettable for the most part. Um, there, the, what has made some of these shows or 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 franchises, I guess, or properties interesting is has been the casting. Um, and the way it, it, they all expand the MCU, like it's good that you have uh, Miss Marvel as uh, Ms. Marvel. Um, I didn't love the series, but I love what that's doing for the for the entire right. MCU by bringing a, a Pakistani family, a Pakistani superhero into it. Um, same thing with uh, uh, you know, with She Hulk in the sense that she is an iconic Marvel female character. She's been around for forty I years. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. not just some. She's not a sidekick at all. She's been a very popular Avenger and a very popular character in the Marvel um, comic book universe for a very long time. So it's good that she's getting the you know. And then there's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is good because it allowed you know the Falcon to become Captain America. So. These shows are all like little chess pieces moving the characters, and they're all being set up for future movies. Like it, Mark Ruffalo said on the red carpet that, uh, of course, Tatiana Maslany is going to be in the next Avengers movie. Like that's right. half the point of these. We is, talk about how powerful she is on camera, right? How she's just, but a- it's not just that. Like it's the whole plan. Like uh, Hawkeye introduced. Um, uh, Haley Steinfeld's character of Kate Bishop, and she's going to, you know, all of these things are setting up properties and stories for later on down the mm-hmm. line, which is why, which is why I have found most of them generic and forgettable. The one that interested me the most was um, WandaVision because it was so tonally and thematically and stylistically different from anything Marvel had ever done. But what happened with that it was a setup for a Doctor Strange movie in which spoiler, or well, I won't spoil it, mm-hmm. but. Let's just say the whole TV series basically got undone mm. by a movie. Right. Uh, and that's why it's hard for me to get excited about these shows. And I that's why I knew I wasn't recapping it. But I do feel like I rewatched the first episode last night and um on, on our T I was like, let me see this on a on our big big ass TV because I watched the you you watch screen most of on, the stuff you watch on your computer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really did want to see the um digital effects because they had been so widely criticized when the trailer came out and I and I was thinking let me see it big and and I got to say they're not great. I thought they were horrible. They're just not great. The CGI was really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um her eyes wander all over the screen sometimes and it doesn't look like yeah, she's the, looking at anything. Um it the, the, his muscle tone as the Hulk was really weird right. and look it looked very video gamey. Right. The CGI work is I didn't think was good at all. In in fact when you change from uh, when they're transformed to you know uh, human humans I guess. Um the difference is in, insane yeah. and it just doesn't look good at all. However, um I did find it entertaining. It's lightly entertaining. And I will say that, you know, Ms. Marvel was mostly lightly entertaining. Mm -hmm. Loki was lightly entertaining. But I will not claim that this is some can't-miss television event. However, if you are a fan of Tatiana Maslany, if you watched Orphan Black, God, I remember I was lucky enough to Mm -hmm. just stumble on Orphan Black, I'm pretty sure from the the first or second episode, Mm -hmm. And I was telling everybody I know, I was like, you got to watch this show. You've got right. to watch this show. I don't like, like a lot of TV shows that went on too long. And I'm not, I can't even remember how it ended, but it got way too complicated. But there was no denying the power of Tatiana Maslany in that role and how that series would have been nothing without her performance. She actually won an Emmy for it. 
Um, and it exploded because she, yeah. she's like I said, she's so powerful. Her presence, it's everywhere. I mean, you can't not look at her. And the thing about She-Hulk is, and I tweeted this uh, before the um, first episode dropped, is no matter what else you can say about the show, she is, she just needs to be on TV all mm-hmm. the time. And I actually say TV specifically. I'm not arguing that she couldn't be a movie star if she wanted to be, but there's a certain... Um, a combination of charisma and charm that you need to be a TV star. Think of Jennifer Aniston, who Mm -hmm. actually did wind up becoming a movie star. But when you look at like Friends, uh, and everybody knew that she was a Mm -hmm. star immediately because she was just built to be charming and charismatic at the same time. Um, you don't always need to be charming to be a movie star. You can, you, you know, there's a lot of, you, you can be intense. Like right. Leonardo DiCaprio is not charming. But you know I think what I mean? it's harder to hold your attention when you're watching a TV show than, than a movie, I think. I don't know why. but That's I, why you need a charming lead. That, yeah. You need someone who's charismatic, right. but also that you want in your living room, so right, to speak. Right. Um, and she's perfect for that. That's why... I feel like she's just built to have uh, to be a TV star for the rest of her life, and I don't mean that in a bad way. TV is a very prestigious medium, well, especially the, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not that this is prestige television. Like I said, it's kind of throwaway television, as far as I could see. I saw the first four episodes. It's cute. She's fun. I never laughed so much, and I laughed in every single episode. There's at least one line that she or someone else, because Ruffalo is funny too when mm-hmm. he's with her. Um, there's at least one scene where someone says something that made me laugh out loud. And I can't always say that about Marvel. Like it's it Marvel can the MCU can be very smart assy, but I don't really laugh out loud at right. it all that much. Uh, but this was great uh, for that. So, you know, I give it a uh, I guess a B plus. I don't have any problem with it, but I also don't think it's going to be, you know It's fun, I guess. It's fun. It's light fun. Mm-hmm. There's no problem watching her for a half hour every week, even if the effects get super corny and sort of Saturday morning cartoony at times. Um, And Jennifer Walters, her character is, that's part of the reason why the fans, I guess, are so excited, is because Jennifer Walters is a legitimately fun character. She always was. Uh, When you see her in the show turn to the camera and break the fourth wall like Fleabag style, she did that in the comic book all the time. Oh, that's great. She turned, she would be drawn looking to, and she would talk directly to the reader, reference the fact that they were reading a comic book, that sort of thing. So that's right out of, that's her charm, is that she punctures all of that um, self-seriousness of right. superheroes. I thought the introduction was great, very clever. Like, all right, well, you want to know why, right, right, and then right. here it is. And I will say they did do something rather clever with her, which is that they layered some rather feminist um, arguments as to why she is different from Bruce mm-hmm. onto Jennifer. The point being that he keeps telling her that she has to control her rage until finally she snaps at him and says, I'm, you know, as a woman, let me tell you all the ways I have to control my (laughs) rage every single day. I'm better at it than you are. It's actually a really strong point. And to a certain extent, there was some criticism and I don't, I don't deny that um, the way they render She-Hulk in the TV show is, um, she's significantly more muscular in the comic book. She's hulky. She's big. She looks like a female bodybuilder. I noticed that too. I noticed that. Um, in in the, this TV series, she's a big woman. She's an athletic woman. I mean, when I say big, she's like seven and a half, eight but they, feet tall. But they still want to make the difference between both Yeah, characters. so she's yeah. more, you know, yeah. quote unquote feminine or, you know, femme in her form when in the comics, she's got a bodybuilder's body. Um, and however, I feel like there is a certain argument to be made or an undertone there that they each 
um, embody a different Hulk in a di- you know their bodies are different because he is a man and he does have trouble controlling right. his rage and this his when he hulks he turns into this like muscular power fantasy and when she hulks it's something she has control over she never loses control of her emotions and she never loses control of her body it still is essentially her body just bigger mm-hmm. um hmm. that's an argument to be right. made however i guarantee she'll be in some avengers movie if they're doing secret wars comic fans you know if you know you know they're doing secret wars and if she's in secret wars they'll hulk her the hell up because at, cer- at a certain point she does get right. massive um i think this is part of a plan with the characters we're going to start off rendering her as just this large athletic woman and then she's just going to get bigger and bigger we'll see anyway i just find it interesting i'm not a comic book fan but i, I wonder how fans feel about that i guess they, they're excited about it, but this whole grooming thing going on with the industry of movies comic book movies like they're just creating these characters and they're moving them to the next level or oh i next mean movie i think w- most fans love it because i guess they do right that's yeah. how comic books work comic books are all one big interconnected soap opera that never it never ends it right, just right. keeps going on and on and on so um, it just feels watered down to me. At I agree. Point. I don't know. It's just me, I, I, and I'm not a fan. I'm a huge fan. So I said it. I can't even remember the context in a recent podcast where I said not, no Marvel product since um, um, Endgame mm-hmm. uh, really excited me. It's all been of varying quality, and I might enjoy it while like I think I enjoyed the Spider-Man movie while I was watching it, but I honestly, all right, forgettable, and move on to the. That's what the the Marvel product is starting to become forgettable because there's so much of it and because uh, it's so formulaic. So mm-hmm. we're in a period now where they're not really playing around with the formula. They're sticking very, very closely to it, but they're diversifying the players. So mm-hmm. there are more there are more women, there are more people of color, you right. know, that sort of the There are age ranges. There are much, much younger characters. Um, so they're diversifying the brand, but they're not telling the most original stories mm. at the moment. Interesting. Um, that's how I feel. Uh, but before I hand you over to talk about uh, physical, right? That's what physical. you're going to talk about next. Yes. Uh, which, incidentally, I joined my gym. I went back to the gym this week. And so did you, but you haven't been back yet. Very excited to be back. And... Very excited because I stockpiled a bunch of Bombas Fitness socks over the course of lockdown that I have not ever been able to unveil at the gym. So I have been sporting a new pair every day this week. Bombas's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks Shirts and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. There's a pair of Bomba socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options, like comfy performance styles made with sweat-wicking yarns, which means your feet stay cool while the rest of you works up a sweat. Bomba's no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specifically engineered to never fall down, so let your ankles be free to soak up the sunlight, like mine were this week, walking to the gym. Bomba's t-shirts are made with Thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. Bombas underwear is so breathable and fits so well it feels like you're wearing nothing at all in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over... 
50 million items of essential clothing. So go to bombas.com slash TLO and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash TLO for 20% off. Bombas.com slash TLO. And now I'm going to sit my water quietly and give my <laughs> voice a, a rest and let Lorenzo talk. Well, I, d- I finally decided to watch Physical uh, on Apple TV, uh, starring Rose Byrne. Um, uh, at first, I, d- I didn't know if I want to watch it because uh, there were a lot of criticism um, and some reviews complain about the uh, subject matter and all that. And I was like, I don't know if I want to watch it, but I'm, you know, but at first when I heard about it, you know, physical, I was like, oh my God, the 80s, leotard. I want to see all that, you know, <laughs> it's costumes. It's, I heard it was dark. It's sets, beautiful sets, you know, aerobics, all that stuff. Come on, that that's fun. And then I watched the first episode and my mouth just dropped because it's very, very dark. It's a very, very dark show. Um, very dark character uh, is the housewife in the 80s uh, in San Diego, and she goes through all her personal demons, and she has a lot of issues. She has an eating disorder, um, and um, she, you know, she's going through a lot of stuff. And um, it and it's very interesting because if you watch the first episode, and I, I, I read interviews with, with the uh, creator of the show, and, and she talks about the first scene, the first five minutes. And if you watch the first five minutes of the show, you're like, Wow. This is dark, enlightening. It's everything at the same time. Um, so, you know, most people work all day and they, you know, come home, turn the TV on and they want to have some fun and, you know, forget about the day. So I don't know if this is a show for you, but if you like to watch shows that, you know, might learn something, you know, make you think about something and, and, it is entertaining. There are some funny lines. There are some jokes and you laugh. But at the same time, it's very, very dark. There is a lot of uh, inner monologues uh, throughout the entire show. And um, they're very real. You know, things she think, uh, the main character, uh, um, Sheila. Yeah, I did watch. I sat and watched like three or four episodes with you. And I said that um, one of the things the show really does well it's hard, but that does really well is the voice of self-loathing. Yes, yes. What what her inner monologue is cruel. It's very cruel to everyone she encounters. But, but it's it, also cruel to herself. It's yeah. never more cruel than it is to her. Right, and right. that's the way it is, you know, speaking of someone who's been through it. Um, when you when you are feeling self-loathing, well, you loathe everybody around you because it's the only way you can make yourself feel better. Right. So some of the lines uh, are, are cruel and horrible and, and you, you're shocked that, that, you know, she's saying these things but at the same time she's saying things about herself and her friends and everyone around her everyone she encounters pretty much um so it's it's a tough tough uh show to watch uh but it does get better i think and uh, i was still interested um the characters do develop um she has a great friend called greta played by Deirdre uh, Friel, I believe that's her name. She's awesome. And I just read an interview with her on YouTube because I I like to go and watch what people have to say. And she said that when she was off of the part, she read the dialogues and like, oh my God, this is my entire life. I mean, I went through this my entire life. I don't know if I want to play a character that will be, you know, having the same kind of negativity, uh, you know, pushed and, 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 you know, towards her uh she i don't know if, if i want that but then she read more about it and and understood the character a little better and she decided to take the part um because yes uh 
she go through a lot and and Sheila the main character is very cruel to her in the beginning but they become friends and so on um I do it it it's a tough show to watch and 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 but I think at the same time uh I I don't know uh I I I the way I felt uh watching the show is that I I haven't seen that many shows about mental health issues or eating disorder or self-loathing uh, presented the way this show presents itself. Uh I thought it was a different take in a way. I don't know if it's a positive take or a necessary take. Uh but it is a different take. Um and it makes you think makes you and it makes you think not how what how horrible she is to people because but how she is towards herself you know she's like just damaged yeah she's, she's just so really, damaged. really damaged so it's interesting and i think the show they just uh finished the second season i watched the whole thing uh season one and two and it does get a little better i'd say uh uh not so dark in season two and i think i don't know if it was a, a response to the criticism they received that you know she's a little more positive and, uh, and she's looking for answers in mm -hmm. in the second season as opposed to the first season which which is just her full-blown you know going through stuff yeah um i don't know uh the costumes are beautiful it's it's very funny to see all that 80s stuff and i think it's well represented we talked about that yeah. like i said i watched like four episodes and i you know um it's like any decade it's very easy to get the 80s wrong it's very right. easy to assume that everyone had neon and pink countertops and all that sort of thing But uh, I said to you, I was like, God, one of the things this really gets across is how cluttered things were back then. Yes. And I said, everything looks like it smells. Everything looks like it right, smells right. like cigarette smoke. Lots and, of brown. <laughs> and hairspray. <laughs> and, yeah. Lots of brown, lots of formica, lots of breast accents, that sort of thing. It's not always about, you know, the big working girl hair and the crazy, you know, Madonna makeup. The, right, right, the right. 80s had a range. And I said this one time on, on Twitter, I was like, they always try and represent the 80s like Joan Cusack and Working Girl, but it's really, everyone had Princess Diana's right. haircut. Right, right. That's what everybody's hair looked like, but it was a lot plainer um, and more dour than, than right. people remember. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's it. And I, the, the creator actually talks about all these issues I just mentioned, and she also brings up that the 80s was a time when there was a lot of self-help and wellness movement going on. Right. Uh, that women were discovering themselves and, and trying to be more active in the business world and, and you know, doing things outside the house, that type of thing. And I think the show does show that a little. Um It is interesting. Uh, she's a great character. And I have to say, Rose Byrne, I, I don't recall a lot of movies, a lot of stuff I've seen with her, but I have to say she is amazing. Yeah, she's she always been a good really, actress. She is really, really good. There are cer certain things that you just look at her eyes. You just look at what she's going through. And my God, it, it, she is so good. She's, a, she's really, really good. I think she's uh, one of the producers of the show because I was wondering. When I started watching, I was like, I hope there's a lot of women involved in the uh, decision process you know here um decision making process because this is a real issue this is something very serious that it's presented in a way that will make a lot of people uncomfortable and i remember i posted on twitter that i was watching it and a lot of people said it was the inner monologues that bother me the most and i can see that i can understand that they're very dark they're very dark and you know and and uh, i also watch interviews with rose Byrne, and she talks about like 
you are exposed to things that most people don't say, they just think. Right. But in a show like this, they made the point of showing yeah. what you think, which are very disturbing uh, thoughts. Right. Uh, and emotions. So I think that's it why It reminds me a lot of um, Enlightened, that show yes, with Laura yes, Dern. Yes, yes, Where um, the acting's great, the stories are great. Um, what it's saying about people is important, but it's sometimes very difficult to watch because it really, it, it does, you know, what good art should do, which is shine a light on the parts of human existence that aren't easy to embrace. Right, I think it embrace. does, but I, I, you know, I never been through that issue in of particular course. so i don't know i can't speak for yeah, anyone I mean, out I'm there i'm sure it's triggering yes i can't speak for anyone out there who went or has been going through this so i like i said it's not the kind of show that you turn on and you laugh and you know you go to bed and everything's no. fine no uh it's it's more involving than that um, but there's the fun part to the 80s, the costumes, and then they talk about the rise of malls and, 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 and VHS tapes right. and all that. So It's that's, definitely that's, a show that has something to say. Right. I do feel there's a lot of storylines that didn't need to be there. Uh, I feel, I mean, I, like the husband and other stories, I feel like this is just a waste. I don't care about her husband, you know, political career or anything like that. I just think it's kind of a waste. Um, many times I was like, all right, can we go back to her? Can we go back right. to the main character? Because I want to know what she's doing next. Um, but I'd love to hear what people think about the show. In fact, when I watched the first season, I, I went online because I was very curious to find out what people thought about it. Uh, and like I said, I heard negative and positive things about it. I, I'd love to know what you guys think about the show if you watched it. Um, and yeah, give it a shot. Maybe it's tough. It's tough from the get-go. It's tough, tough from the like the very first two minutes of the show. You're like, whoa. In fact, many, many times I was like, I don't know if I can I watch this. I don't know if I'm going to watch this. I might turn this off now. But, you know, you keep going and going. And um, I was curious and 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 it was interesting it was interesting i think i feel that's just me i feel like i it made me think about a lot of things i mean i am kind of obsessed with working out and things like that so you it make makes you think about your choices it makes you think about um what you go through you know how you perceive yourself how you present yourself to people um the difference between your appearance and how you really think about yourself um how you present yourself to others, how you behave. I think it's, it, it covers all that. If you're interested or not in watching that type of show, then that, that's a different story. But it does cover and it does make it interesting in a way um, and as a story. So, yeah. Sounds great. But I agree with you from what little I saw. It might not be for everyone. Yeah. And moving on to the topic of choices, because uh, this was originally going to be, I think, the main topic today, but it looks like we really went off on our TV shows, which is fine. Um, we can never shut up. But we never. can never shut up. Um, but uh, that's why you listen, apparently. You wouldn't want us to sit here quietly for an hour every week. What would be the point of that? <laughs> um, okay, but we did want to talk about something uh, that, in a weird way, affects or... It doesn't affect our line of work, but it touches on what we do in our line of work. Uh, Jonah Hill came out this week with a statement uh, that he would be, for mental health reasons, pulling back on promoting his films. Um, 
And I had an immediate reaction to when that when that story broke because um, our you know ninety percent of what's on our website is us doing red carpet commentary, right. and that is right. that is exactly the sort of thing Jonah Hill. It was clear in the statement that this was one of the th- he didn't want to do public facing events as right. he called them. Um, oh, I can read the uh, you know. In fact, let me just it it was released and then they had it on. Um, I have finished directing my second film, a documentary about me and my therapist, which explores mental health in general called Stuts. The whole purpose of making the film is to give therapy and the tools I've learned in therapy to a wide audience for private use through an entertaining film. Through this journey of self-discovery within the film, I have come to the understanding that I have spent nearly 20 years experiencing anxiety attacks, which are exacerbated by media appearances and public-facing events. He goes on further to explain why. Mm -hmm. But... um, as someone who writes about these people at these public-facing events, and you get a sense of of certain stars over time once you've covered them several, you know, many times over, and we've allowed this to spill out into our commentary. We make observations about how certain stars come across. He has always been clearly extremely uncomfortable with it. Right. Extremely, extremely uncomfortable with it. That is obvious to anyone who ever saw a picture of him right. on a red carpet. And there's a long list of them. I mean, you could you Yeah, could there's name. a lot of them. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of them. And and you learn over time as a blogger, like, don't be an asshole to these people because you really look like you're picking on... No. You, just, you look like you're picking We on. made that decision right from the get-go that we weren't going to talk about them. Right. Uh, per se. But, you know, just sort of like, you know, n- not make fun of or explore oh, sure, their, sure, whatever yeah. they go through. Uh, more about like their presence on the red carpet and the movies. I don't want to whitewash things. We went through a period in. Yes. I mean, we were a lot harsher than we are now. Yes. Like but, but any learn. Like any longstanding blogger who's still in the game. Uh, if you also, came out of the aughts blogging era, then yeah, your early blogging stuff is a lot harsher than you'd like to be now. But it was also a time, not defending myself, but it was a time when social media wasn't as bad as it is today. And he he specifies that. He talks about, and Tom Holland also, we we're going to talk about him. They talk about how social media right. has Tom affected Holland him. also gave a statement this past week about how he was uh, going to take a break yeah. from social media. I don't think he's taking a break from promotional work. No, but he's going to take a break from social media because he said reading about himself online was it's not very good. negative uh uh he feels attacked in a way and it's overwhelmed he feels overwhelmed and and overstimulated when he's reading all that stuff and believe me i i, I believe he cited <laughs> his own mental health concerns um i and i just you know I, this appears to be happening you know on a continuum you can even talk about jonah hill's uh sister beanie feldstein who famously left funny girl under very dramatic circumstances but she basically took control of that narrative and left the show about a month early, Right, uh, made that announcement without telling anyone and cited her own mental health as reasons for not wanting to continue. She didn't feel it was good for her. Uh, you can look at someone like Naomi Osaka, the tennis player, who also, you know, semi-retired, and now it seems mm-hmm. like she's mostly retired because she, for her own mental health reasons, she couldn't handle the spotlight and what was expected of her to be, uh, a, you know, an athlete on that level, on an right. international level. And uh, I just think it's, I mean, I will say this, you wanted to note, and I agree with you, it's worth noting that Jonah Hill is making this statement at the same time he is promoting a film about his own mental health. So like a lot of stars, he's kind of having it both way, ways. He's complaining about it, but he's also using it right. to promote the, a project. Just to clarify, Stutz is about, it's it's a, sort of like a documentary, right? Uh, about, about his own therapy. Him and his therapist, um, 
just talking about the mental health issues that he's going through. Right. Um, so, which, yeah. So, you know. It needs to be acknowledged right, that that is a thing. If we're going to talk about this, and I, I'm not making any inferences no. or anything like that, but it's that needs to be acknowledged. That, yeah. he, this statement is also a, par, a form of promotion for a project that he, obviously is very important to him. Um, but I, mean, I, it, I, it could be in his head that he says, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm launching this product, but you know what? This is this is a great opportunity for me to talk about and and you know blah blah blah. Absolutely. But it's still a product that you're putting out. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I tend to look at that connection as something that is just endemic to people who are celebrities for that period yes. of time. We actually wrote about this in our first book, Everyone Wants to Be Me or Do Me, Tom and Lorenzo's Fabulous and Opinionated Guide to Celebrity Life and Style. I haven't pitched, I haven't um, plugged that one in a while. <laughs> but we talk about in that book about how celebrity, modern celebrities, way, way more so than back in like the 50s yeah, or yeah, the 60s yeah. or the 70s, they um, make their personal life a huge part of their public facing brand. Um, and they, because they have control over their own messages now yeah. in a manner that they didn't have, but ironically enough, it is social media that it gives is. them this control that they can bypass the press and talk directly to their fans and unload about, you know, um, and listen, I'm going to list some things and I am not making light of any of this, but this gives stars to talk about their substance abuse right. problems, their uh, journey towards gender, you know, whatever gender they needed to accept or their non-binary status or their queerness or, you know, uh, whatever abuse in their childhood or a divorce or a, a um, miscarriage. They use social media to talk about these life events um, and I, I really don't mean this in a cynical way. This is just how the game is done now, yeah. how celebrity is done. Um, and I also want to note, and I will say to Jonah Hill's enormous credit in his, uh, in his, I didn't read this part, but he did say, I understand that I am of the privileged few who can afford to take time off. Because again, you look at Tom Holland, you look at Jonah Hill, and there's probably not going to be a lot of backlash for that. However, Naomi, Naomi Osaka, I know she's not a movie star, but even so, the amount of backlash she got was right. insane. Even Beanie Feldstein, the amount of backlash she got was insane. White, successful male actors, and I said this to you before we flipped the mics on, I was like, Issa Rae couldn't release a statement like yeah. that. Viola Davis couldn't release a statement like that. People would come down on them like a ton of bricks. Again, I, I fully, fully, fully support actors... Uh, and celebrities and sports stars, anybody who is in that public eye to maintain, make sure that their own mental health is um, their primary cause right. of concern. When we talked about Ben Affleck last week, was it last week? Yeah. And I said that I always thought that, that was someone who suffered from depression and anxiety. And it's very clear in interviews and when you see images of him and everything, um, and just the story of his public facing life, that's someone who had some issues and there was a lot of backlash to this yes, commentary on Twitter. Yeah. A lot of eye rolling and this and that. And I, I was like, I'm not getting into any of this, but um, I felt like saying, you know, big dumb white guys get depressed too. Like it, it doesn't just hit people that look a yeah. certain way or sound a certain way. The, the conversation was always the backlash was always like, well, he signed up for this and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's an actor. He should know better, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of Jennifer Garner's friend, <laughs> fans, I mean, because exactly. I, I understand, I understand. He why. treated her terribly. Yeah. Of course. I mean, That's yeah, he not was an horrible. excuse. Yeah. To her. But anyway, 
uh, a lot of that happened um, in form of replies. And you're going to hear, <laughs> you might hear some of this about Jonah Hill or Tom Holland, but I maintain their status as white men. I mean, none of these guys are hurting. Their careers are not yeah. hurting for their public-facing um, acknowledgement of their mental health right. issues or for pulling back or whatever they decide they're deciding to do. Right. And I think in, in a way um, I've, I've talked about social media all the time uh, and it's true. I think it's, it's a real issue now because in the past um, actors would have to get up the next day and read, read the paper to right. read about them. Uh, you today know, they get tagged on social. Today media. they're 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 attacked and they're mentioned immediately. They're on the red carpet and people are already talking about him. Right, right, right. Them, uh, and then they go as you said. They use their social media to express something, and uh, you know they get response right away. And right. and it's positive and negative. Uh, I I know because we get that, and we're not celebrities or famous on that level at all. So we we get whatever I say on Twitter. There's always something. Said back. We um and it is a way for celebrities to um you know utilize a time of enormous feverish fandom. So when when they release these statements, they're going to get some form of backlash. Even Jonah Hill, even mm-hmm. Tom Holland, but they know that their fans yes well, are an army in the, who that mm-hmm. will respond to them. And people like Taylor Swift know this. People oh, yeah. like you know um, Nicki Minaj know this. They they will openly weaponize their fandoms at times. And again, I'm not being, that is just the way it's done now. I'm not even judgmental about it. I'm just like, well, that's how it's done. It's um, just an army that you have ready to go anytime all, you or want. Or like Beyonce yeah. and her beehive. But actually, I think Beyonce, she's as always, she's on a different level because I don't think she, I don't think she- I don't she, think she engages No, much. I don't no. think she weaponizes her fans no, at all. I don't think she, she does. She uses her art to reach out to her fans right. and to stir up feverish response in her fans. She's so good at that. Like, yes, I mean, she's just so good at that. She's on a completely different level. Um, and again, you could talk about how someone like Beyonce, um, she's very good at maintaining her private life. Of course, we don't know the ins and outs of her marriage. We we suspect we know the ins and outs of her marriage and right. her family life. But she she has utilized her image as a wife and as a mother as a sister and as a daughter, she has used that in her work uh, as an artist and as a celebrity. Mm. So this is another example of how you, you know, mm. celebrities utilize their personal lives in all sorts of ways. And um, and e- they will even utilize it to talk about their own difficulties in right. life. I think it's a great thing that celebrities are talking about their mental health issues. I, agree. I think that I mean Selena uh, Gomez, for example, right? Exactly. Uh, I think Demi Lovato. Yeah, I think it's great because uh, you know they have fans, they right. have people listening to right. them, and uh, you know I remember when just going to a shrink, you know, like right. it, it was something to be ashamed of. Like I remember, I, I remember when I wanted to see a therapist, and my I remember my father saying, "What's wrong with you?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know like you don't need to go right that that type of dialogue and conversation and so i'm glad we're having this conversation that i agree that, even that, if some you know. stars are doing it for cynical reasons or self-promotional reasons it's still a good thing right to uh to prioritize the message that that sort of that mental health self-care right. is of primary importance to everyone even to big time famous people right who look like they have everything but again Got to return to the point. Issa Rae could not release a statement like that without a backlash. Viola Probably Davis not. Yeah, could not. You know, that's, having her career, uh, yeah, uh, you know, damaged uh, in a way. Yeah, that's I, the uh, so far the ones that are doing it without backlash are the white guys. 
and that's not surprising. Well, that's a start. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll get know. somewhere with this. I know. And I do, I think, you know, like someone like Naomi Osaka really put her right. self out there in a way that was much braver than what Jonah Hill and Tom Holland are doing. And I think in her um, case, it's even worse because she's represented the country and all that, that you know, yeah, and then she's a woman of color like, yes, representing yes. in tennis, which is not, yeah. you know. So people feel like she has to, she has the obligation right. of, of right. Keep and they going. came down so hard on her. I mean, she she was she was actually penalized, like monetarily penalized. It, so, um, you know, you have to. I'm glad to see Jonah Hill doing this, but I, you know, we ha- can't have a conversation about this without acknowledging someone like Naomi Osaka, who was much braver and fought harder for her own mental health. Um, but I would love to hear what people think about this. Um, I think it, it, it raises certain questions about every time one of these statements comes out, regardless of whether there's a backlash or not, it, it raises a question in the public's collective uh, thought or consciousness, I guess, of what is what we feel that celebrities owe to us. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't this almost in immediate, whether there's serious backlash or not, there's almost an immediate sort of annoyance among certain levels of the public. Well, that's his job. That's what he's supposed to be doing. That's why right. he gets the big bucks. Um, same thing with Ben Affleck when we talked about it last week, where they were like, well, he gets, you know, he's he's rich and he's married to J-Lo. Why should I feel sorry? It's not about feeling sorry for them. It's about acknowledging that these are actual real problems. They affect all people. And if you can acknowledge that big famous movie stars have these problems, it might be easier for you to acknowledge that, you know, whoever bags your groceries also has these problems. I totally agree. That's totally my agree. thinking yes. on it. Uh, and I do think, you know, social media is... There's a lot of oversharing on social media. I oh, think. my Lord, have mercy. I mean, there I, ever. we don't have like a private one. We have the Tilo one and no. I'm happy with that. I don't need a private one where we talk about a lot of other things. Um, I do think there's a lot of oversharing on, on social I, media. It's gotten and, out of control. And, and that causes a lot of issues, I think, and anxiety uh, uh, and some health, mental health issues. Also, uh, I remember there is a uh, Netflix has a... A documentary. I forget the name. I forget everything about it. But it's about social media. <laughs> but it, but it's oh, about you're, that's good. No, okay. it's about social media. It's about Instagram and, and uh, um, Facebook and everything. And and it, they interviewed the guy who created the like the like button. Uh, and he talks about like when he created that button. The whole idea was to sort of get people together to agree or like on something. Uh, and just, you know, feel great about it and discuss that issue or, or whatever the subject matter was. And it turned into a button where people get depressed if they don't li- have, if they don't get enough likes. Right. Like right. people actually killing themselves or doing things like that because they don't get the response that they, 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 they think they should be getting, uh, or that it is expected of them on social media. So it is a very dangerous place. Uh, that needs to be monitored and that needs to be, you know, um, used with a lot of care and responsibility, which, it, which is easy to say, but, you know, you you have to be careful. And I think that gets exacerbated, of course, when you have millions and millions of followers uh, watching and reading everything you post, every picture you post, you know, and talking about it. So, yeah, that's why I agree. I, I, I can see why Tom Holland can't... It, post anything and, 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 and not be disturbed by what he reads. But, you know, that's social media. 
Uh, great. And I think it's good and important that people prioritize their mental health over everything yes, else. I, so I think so. And sometimes you just need to take a break. Every now and then I take a break from, from Twitter and I just read or never post for a long time. You just, every now and then take the break, people. Take the break. Go yep. read a book. I know it's simple to say. Go for a walk. Do something else. And put the phone down. And support your celebrities who are going through some shit and yes, being honest absolutely, about it. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and even not for their sake, but for someone else who's reading that stuff and is going through it, they want to know that the world is, you know, empathetic to them. So if you're going to trash agree. Jonah Hill for having anxiety, what does that mean to some, you know, someone else who's reading that who actually really suffers from it? Not that he. Does, I didn't mean to phrase it that way. You know what I meant. All right. Until then, next. Until next week, we'll come back with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses yes. our desks. But until then, take care of yourselves. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.